weird stuff going on. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sean Miller here uh, with this week's episode of Kuden. We'll get officially started here in just a minute. Wow. All right. I don't know what the hell just happened. <laughs> anyway. Right. So uh, I have a question. I let you ponder this for a few minutes. Right. So what's the difference between enlightened anger? If you know what this is, right? Uh, sometimes it's called Vajra anger uh, in, uh, in Armikyo, right? So what's the difference between uh, enlightened anger, anger that cuts through uh, a moment, right, to produce good, right? Um, it's clean. It cuts like a blade. It's done, and then it's gone, right? There's no residual uh, leftover. There's no uh, leftover fuming or whatever. So what's the difference between that and the anger of a mm, self-centered or otherwise, I don't know, spoiled brat um, who gets what they want and then, uh, you know, their anger is just gone, like a light switch got flipped, right? They got what they wanted. Uh, it's gone quickly and as clearly as it came as though nothing happened, right? Let you think about that for a minute, and we'll talk more about this and uh, a very, very misunderstood um, uh, deity or symbol within uh, Needed to, for some people anyway. So we'll talk about that when we get back. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, so we're back. James over in the wings. I don't know what he's doing. Well, I can see what he's doing, and that is... Uh, video screen is frozen up. Anyway, hey, it's Ashian Miller. We're here with uh, this week's episode of Kuden, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, uh, <clears throat> Fudomyo, this character that is within, um, well, I was introduced to him through the Nijutsu side of things, but it's this um, primary character in our Mikyo study, right? Uh, so you, uh, if you're familiar with this stuff, right, and if you're not well, we'll get you caught up, right? Uh, if you pay, if you go back and look at the uh, slide or the that little image that I promoted, depending on where you were, right, um, over on uh, YouTube or uh, the Facebook pages or wherever it happened to be, right, different sizes, uh, whatever. Um, it's that little, it's that character. It's actually a picture of a statue that I have uh, on my Butsudan, uh to the left. Right. It's not the guy in the blue T-shirt that's standing with his arms crossed looking at you like, uh, what the hell are you doing? Um, anyway, so uh, there's the again, there's this character we're talking about him. Uh, his name is uh, Chalanata in uh, Sanskrit. Not that you need to be able to say that. Uh, Fudomyo is much easier for uh, most Westerners. I know it was for me. Anyway, so uh, if you're familiar with uh, Mikyo symbology, um he shows up on the Taizokai mandala, right? So that's the mandala with the red eight lotus uh, or eight petaled lotus um, with the character in the center and then these characters out around it. And then there's these square rectangular halls that go around it. 
Not to be confused with the Kongo Kai that uh, is made up of nine square panels that historically were all individual uh, mandala themselves that were brought together to help convey uh, processes and movement and activity, right? So uh, there's also another um, another mandala that actually predates the uh, Taizokai mandala uh, that is uh, part of something called the Sadhana of the 13 Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. And um, among other things, right, um, it is a mandala that uh, lays out the path, right, uh, both in the mindsets that get developed as well as the activities uh, that either lead to those mindsets or are produced by those mindsets, right? So anyway, I'm looking at uh, one up here on my wall. Uh, and so Fudomyo uh, is the first character on there, okay? So uh, I know way back in the in the early 80s, right? Uh, this this was presented uh, quite often, right? So for those of you who've been around for a while, you might recognize it. Um, so it's just, this guy looks like um, the, the way my statue is. It looks like the flames are behind him. Uh, in some of the texts, it says he's surrounded by flames. Uh, and in other ones, the flames were actually crackling off of his skin. And I'm going to use the term his, even though uh, these these uh, symbolic uh, manifestations, these personifications, right, uh, tend to be gender neutral. That doesn't mean that they themselves are gender neutral. It means that, you know, even though he's called a light king, uh, it could be queen if it's a woman working on it. Right. So um, this is not justification for other things that are going on. Okay. So, um, so we'll talk about some of those kind of things, right? But there's, uh, on that character, right? Whether it's painted or it's a statue or whatever, right? Um, there are 113 different symbolic references that point to, uh, to things, right? And, uh, this character is a wrathful manifestation of, the central character in the Taizokai mandala, well, in both Taizokai and Kongokai mandala, uh, his name is Mahavrochana, or in Japanese, it's Dainichi Nyorai, right? So Dainichi Nyorai represents the universe as enlightened and teaching itself on a big woo-woo level, right? But Dainichi Nyorai also represents the Tatsujin, uh, this fully actualized human being that uh, I teach on uh, quite often. And then the other characters out around the mandala represent different aspects of this character, right? But um, see, here's what happens, right? Um, Fudo has a sword, right? That's cool, right? Sword, uh, Fudo has fangs, right? One points up, one points down, right? Uh, Fudo has flames and uh, whatever, right? So uh, some people... You know, they jump on this thing because, you know, we warriors are just naturally attracted to swords and weapons and, you know, shit, right? And, uh, but what also happens from a Western perspective is people look at this character and it triggers memories or uh, teachings or whatever from a Judeo-Christian standpoint where uh, beings or whatever that look like that, right, come from hell. And then 
still other people are confused by it because, well, like enlightenment, man, enlightenment's supposed to be like blissful, you know, like om, right? It's it's always supposed to be like enlightened people don't get angry, you know. I mean, like they're always like you know, like always jazzed, and you know, they they've sought the the uh, the cosmic or the uh, the universal buzz, and, and you know, so they caught it, and everything is good, right? Uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> not the way it works, right? So, but they're confused. What do you mean a wrathful manifestation of enlightenment? Well, in a nutshell, um, that means really quickly for those of you who are not up on like Western slang, right? Or I don't know, old guy Western slang. But in a nutshell, <clears throat> uh, wrathful, a wrathful manifesta- manifestation of enlightenment or the wrathful manifestation of the teachings, right? Acknowledges the fact that some people are not motivated by pleasant talk, pleasant speech. Um, they aren't easily uh, negotiated with. Those kind of things, right? And sometimes tip of the boot love is what's in order. Okay? But See, that's only, again, one part of it. So we're, we're going to kind of stick to uh, some symbolic references because what I want to discuss during this one is is trying to come to an understanding. And, again, I'm going to be coming at it from many different perspectives because that's just the way um, this philosophy is built. right? Um, to kind of give you an idea, right? Um, a lot of people get stuck when they have a dilemma, right? You know what a dilemma is, right? Okay, You've got two choices and... Because die means two, right? Dilemma, right? So you've got two choices. They're of equal, uh, they're of equal benefit or they're of equal, you know, uh, what do they say? Um, choosing the lesser of two evils or whatever, right? So they're equally bad, equally good, whatever. And then they get stuck because they don't know which one to pick. Um, last week I, I did a, uh, uh, presentation on power and the Tatsujin. Uh, at a university and we were, this, this came up, right? And here's the thing, right? If you bump into a dilemma and all things are equal or at least equal to your perspective, right? And you don't know what to do, pick one. You don't just freeze up. Shit needs to get done, right? So pick one. What if it's the wrong one? You'll know in like a couple of steps, okay? You'll pick one and then within couple of minutes, an hour or two, day or three, whatever, right? You're going to, you're going to be getting feed. As soon as you take action, you're going to start getting feedback. And as soon as you start getting feedback, you're going to now know, okay, I need to stop this, jump over on the other one, or another option is going to pop up or whatever, right? But often people get stuck, right? They call that paralysis through analysis, right? They just freeze up. Why do you know what to do? Okay, do something. Even if it's okay, what I chose to do was to wait for more information. Great. Right. Just as long as that waiting is not a cop out. Right. I say I'm waiting for more information, but what I'm really doing is suspending the frustration or the uh, the uh, cognitive dissonance I'm having because I can't make a decision. Right. So uh, I get this a lot when, when uh, I'm talking to students about a big 
thing or prospects, right? That want to take the training and stuff, right? Um, now's not a good time. Okay. Maybe next month. Now's not a good time. Uh, had somebody for a long time. We were, uh, you know, going to Japan. Okay. Going this year. Oh, I can't make it this year. Going to go next year. Oh, I can't nine years in a row. Can't do it this year. Going to do it next year. Okay. And they used to throw me off. And then I went, you know, researching because I'm a nerd that way. Right. And I wanted to see if there was something in psychology that pointed that stuff out. And there is. And it's not just cognitive dissonance. It's procrastination. And one of the reasons that people procrastinate is because it relieves them of the pressure of having to think about it now and put up with the anguish of not producing the results. So by putting it off, they actually that that actually allows them to stop thinking about it until somebody mentions it again, or hopefully nobody does, right? So um, it's it's just one of those things, right? So Fudo Mio embodies and represents an inner drive that burns up, right? There's that fire thing, right? That burns up these, these, uh, Sometimes they're called defilements, sometimes they're called limitations, whatever, but it burns up these things that get in the way of accomplishment, that get in the way of uh, producing the kind of results that we want, right? So, but again, right, um, I titled the thing, I titled this episode, Fudo Myo, right, Knowing When to Roar, right? Because, again, here's what I see, Right? Because what we're really looking at doing and what Hatsumisate passed on, right? Because again, we've had this discussion in the past, but to catch some of you guys up that are new, um, we discussed this idea of him being a Jonin, right? Um, high man, right? Running a ninja organization and teaching us Jonin level ninjutsu, which is really funny because if you misunderstand it, then everybody thinks they're being taught to be a Ganin, a low man, a field operative, okay? But historically, the way it worked was Ganyan taught their children and or students how to be Ganyan. They didn't know how to do anything else, right? So they're the ones we all fantasize about, right? Climbing castle walls, taking on samurai with swords and smoke bombs and shit like that, right? But they're also the pawns on the on the checkerboard, okay? Um, so when people read, like, they, what, what uh, the prerequisites or what the requirements, right? Uh, there's things about a ninja should weigh no more than. There's all these kind of things, right? They're talking about a Ganyan, right? Because this person has to get into tight spots and things like that, right? Not the same as a Chunin. Chunin, a middleman, right? Uh, if you know the James Bond storyline, right? Uh, Chunin is like M, right? He's the guy that gets the orders from up top and the directions to where things are supposed to go he knows his people. He knows his assets. So who has the skill sets for this? And then he's also the one. Now, it's not just management because shooting level needs to is not just knowing how to translate the big picture goal into uh, these little micro missions that you're going to send somebody on. Because the, the Jonin or the, the I'm sorry, the Ganin, the low man, right? His job or her job is to carry out the mission, information gathering, 
whatever it was. The tune-in was going to get the information that was being brought back because he might send out four, right, into different regions to, to get a broader understanding, right? So his job, very much like what my daughter is going to grad school for now, right? Um, and the, there, there's a couple of three-letter agencies that are chomping at the bit for her because she's, uh, she's very, very fluent in Chinese and, uh, and those kind of things. Um, but uh, where you have these, these other folks that are in position and they're in the information game, but their job is to amass the data and collect it and submit reports where, okay, this is what video shows, da, 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 da. They don't do any translating. What they do is document everything. And then that stuff goes to somebody like my daughter is learning to be where they translate it, okay, based on other information, based on what they know about, um, you know, certain enemy or allies or whatever, and, uh, you know, other other pieces, right? And then they formulate, hmm, okay, based on all of these things, because the people that are collecting the data, all they ha- all they know is what they can collect, okay? The tune-in requires a whole different level of mental gymnastics and understanding, okay? But, and it's not that they don't know how to do, you know, nimpo taijutsu or whatever, okay? Because if they get attacked, they still have to be able to defend themselves. They're just not going out and, you know, hiding in a shit pot in a, in a, uh, in a ancient bathroom for hours or days until their target sits on it and they can run a spear up his ass, okay? True tactic, okay? But, um, they have their own stuff, right? And one of those is if they're worried about Ganyan being turned and being double agents, right? So they had ways of sending out multiple uh, people or sending out people with um, bad information or to send them to somebody that was supposed to be on the other side, but it was actually one of our people, okay? that um, then they would know whether the information that came back was right or not, or whether this person had been turned. Uh, and then, you know, they, I guess, get a spear shot to their ass anyway. So, <laughs> right. Um, but that's tuning level needed to, right. And again, people throw all the shit into one place because they have bits and pieces of information. Anyway, let's get back up to joining level needed to, right. Well, that's Mr. Say was teaching, right. If you've ever been to one of his classes, right, if you've ever watched one of the videos that wasn't just cut to shit so that everybody could be entertained by physical techniques, okay, um, he discusses philosophical things a lot and will take up a good portion of a class discussing those things. They're not, not important, and it's just not the ramblings of an old guy, right, um, filling time. Nothing, nothing that my teacher taught should be disregarded. But people are going to be attracted based on what they assume they're there for. Okay, So for a lot of people, they're not even there for ninjutsu because ninja don't really exist. you know. And we're not really learning ninjutsu, right? We're learning Buddha taijutsu. So, okay, well, then that's, that's what you get. Okay, But a jonin, right? There's only one in any clan, right? And with the exception of the tune-in, 
right? The few field commanders or, or middle manager kind of people or whatever, right? The game, none of the Ganyan know who the hell they are. So if a Ganyan gets captured and tortured, they can't, they can't, uh, blow the whistle on this guy, right? Um, so interesting stuff, but the Jonin, Jonin level needed to is like part philosopher, part warrior, part warrior wizard, part, <laughs> right? Um, so this is where a lot of this stuff comes in, right? And nobody has to do it, right? You can go off and do whatever you want to do, right? As I, my, my, one of my favorite cheesy little phrases anymore is you do you, boo, right? It's just, it, right? We all choose, right? So, but here's what ends up happening, right? We have a lot of people training that, you know, are very spiritual oriented and want to learn that side of the art. Okay, but there's this belief that they're always blissful, right? Enlightened people are always blissful. On the other side, we got a whole bunch of people that that imagine themselves 13th century samurai, right? Ready to go into action in service of some lord or whatever, right? Um, kind of like people that go to Renaissance fairs and stuff, and I do, right? Um, but I would not want to live during those times. Because I'm not all about lice and living near people that smell like shit and whatever. Because there was no running water and <coughs> excuse me, all that wonderful stuff, right? But a lot of these people lean toward the side of training where um, we're just always ready to fight. Okay, so you know when you ask the question. Um, how do you know when to roar? Because okay, then Fudo is about roaring, right? Fudo is about, you know, kicking ass and taking names, but not in the way that most people think. Well, not in its entirety anyway, okay? Because Fudo Mio is an internal, it, it's, it's an aspect of ourselves. Now, it's a universal aspect as well, but it's, it's this aspect of ourselves. And so... A lot of these symbols that are that are depicted right on this character have nothing to do with dealing with shit out in the world. A lot of it has to do with dealing with shit inside here. okay? because if I ask the ones who are always ready to fight, do you know when to roar? Yeah, somebody pisses me off. Oh. Um, So. If they don't make you angry, even if they're doing something wrong, you're cool. Okay? So there's no consideration for universal justice. It tends to be, right, I mean, if I'm a defensive personality, well, then anything that brings me into it or makes me look bad or threatens my vanity or whatever, guess what's going to piss me off? Right. So I'm going to roar. Okay, I'm going to be like that um, self-centered bratty kid who throws a fit when they don't get what they want or throws a fit to make sure they get what they want. And as soon as they get it, all that stops. But what I find is those people tend to be pissed off a lot because the world just doesn't comply. Right. And 
when it does, it's because they've surrounded themselves by people who are terrified of them. And they're cool with that. Right? On the always blissful side, right, the answer typically to when do you roar is never. Right? Anger, yelling, violence, it's never an option. Ever. Right? Which is really confusing to me when I'm looking at people that are involved in martial arts. And I don't mean like solo, tai chi, whatever. I'm talking they're whatever. So what I thought would be a good idea would was to take a look at the enlightened enlightened side, the wisdom teaching side of this anger. Because Anger is at the heart of this idea of roaring, right? You don't roar when you're happy, right? You don't snarl your teeth and make threats or posture in a way that if the other person does not back down or the threat doesn't back down, what's the Bible say? There will be great gnawing and gnashing of teeth. Okay. So, uh, and and there is a lot for this, right? Because one of the biggest things that surprised me, because I came at it, right? I, martial arts, self-defense, federal cop, bodyguard, that kind of thing, right? But was also studying the blissful side of things. And that's why I got in Mikio to begin with, because I wanted to work on that aspect of my nature. And then my teacher springs this thing on me, right? Vajra anger interesting right and i remember because i was i was at a group training this is before i asked him um to allow me to be uh we'll just call it a personal student because i don't like the word disciple and i don't like the word apprentice either because they don't they don't quite fit right um but he was describing this vajra anger right um like the diamond thunderbolt, like truth, it occurs in an instant. It is extremely powerful. It cuts through illusions, delusions, bullshit, right? It destroys evil, manipulation, agenda, whatever. But as soon as its job is done, it, it, like it's cold, it's clear, it's quick. But as soon as its job is done, it's gone. Okay. So one of the analogies for this that uh, I came up with that I use quite often. So I'm just going to use the same story. So if you've heard this before, I apologize. We've got to get everybody else caught up. Um, you know, I could be walking down. Let's say I'm walking down the street. I'm walking down the sidewalk. And there are two let's say they're uh, two 14-year-olds, right, screwing around on the side of the street, on the curb, right, pushing and shoving and, you know, I mean, they're having a good time, right, but they're, like, shoving each other out into the street and then they're coming back up and they're doing their little game and whatever, right, and there's a freaking truck coming down the street, right, and I see what they're doing, right, I, they're not thinking about the consequences, they're just, Right. Let's see who can get who hit or let's see who can get, you know, shove their friend out. But, you know, near miss, whatever. And um, 
you know, I see this and I recognize in that moment because of the, the laughter, the noise, the level, the activity, right? Calm, peaceful speech. Now, boys, calm down. Hey, don't whatever, right? Hey, watch out. There's a truck. It's not going to get through. And maybe I try that, right? Once or twice. Nothing's getting through. And all of a sudden, I just explode. And when I say explode, I don't mean ranting and raving and that kind of shit. I go, hey, knock it the fuck off. And I get them very sharply and very quickly to freeze and look at me. Okay? Truck goes by. Knock it off. You're going to fucking hurt somebody. Okay? And then I'm done. They stop. I realize, okay, it's done. Danger's over. Right? And maybe by this point, now they're calling me names. Right? Old guy, boomer, whatever names these little jack wagons come up with. Right? So anyway, right? And I just walk down the street. Okay? I'm not thinking fucking kids, whatever, nothing, right? I'm just, I'm back off onto my day, okay? Now, I'm here to admit, I'm not quite there yet, okay? So, uh, I'm describing it. Don't put me on a pedestal, okay? Because I'm only going to jump off in a minute, right? So, but the goal, right, is to just, is drop it, right? It's over. The situation is over, okay? So, I'm not holding on to it. I'm not, you know, if I walk down the street the next day and one of them walks by and says, hey, sir, you know, really sorry about the other day. I don't go, well, don't fucking do it again. Right. I don't nothing like that. Right. I just I let it go. OK. Um, that's Vajra anger, cold, quick, that kind of thing. Right. And there's no residue. There's no residual steam or or grading or anything like that following after. So he was teaching on this, and that question that I asked, for those of you who didn't jump in um, after the intro, in, intro uh, if you were on early, I asked this question, right? What's the difference between that and that spoiled bread? Because I've known plenty of people like that, and I don't mean that they necessarily are a kid. I know people that are husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, whatever, friends, that Everybody around them walks on fricking eggshells, okay, because they could go off at any moment. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm working on a cold here. Um, where if they don't get the, get what they want, what's that What's that phrase? There's hell to pay, right? What are those, some of those other phrases? If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Um, well, I just had to figure out in my life whether I wanted to be right or wanted to be happy. And if I want to be with them... Uh, I have to choose happy. Well, that's a hell of a choice, right? So anyway, um, but this person will just, if they don't get what they want, holy shit, right? There's just all this yelling and screaming and whatnot, right? Um, it's kind of like a, a little kid that, you know, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, right? And then you hand it to them, right? And then, I'm, thank you. That was really nice of you. I appreciate it. And then they, you know, they're eating their ice cream cone or their lollipop or playing with a toy or whatever it is. But it's like nothing ever happened. And that was my question. What the hell's the difference? Okay. Because people tend to make judgment calls on the action itself, on the activity. Okay. But the activity is at the tail end. It's the manifestation of what? Intent. Intention. When I teach our youth students about bullying, 
right? We have to discuss the elephant in the room because when I discuss that, you know, bullies, right, they make threats, um, they threaten to harm you, uh, or they threaten to take something away from you, or they threaten to hurt you, or they threaten to not, you know, uh, they don't want to talk to you for a while or whatever, right? Okay. Well, how is that different from when mom and dad yell at you? How's that different from mom, mom and dad, like, take away some of your toys, or your possessions, or ground you, or, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm not going to talk to you for a while, right? I, I need to go someplace and cool off, right? So does that make mom and dad bullies, right? And you know, see the gears turning in the kids' heads. Hmm. Maybe mom and dad are bullies. Maybe you can get my mom and dad to stop doing that. And I have to explain, right? That, again, this is in a less fucked up world, not a perfect world, right? But that that doesn't make mom and dad bullies because it's about intent. A bully does what a bully does because they want what they want, regardless of who they hurt, regardless of who gets anything. Okay? They want what they want. Parents, again, parents who understand parenting um, and are not running away from doing the hard things or are self-serving and therefore make all those decisions from that perspective. Parents who understand parenting, right? They love their children. They understand rule structures. They understand that they have to um, mold them, right? Regardless of what people think about that while well, you're programming them. Well, you know what? They have to live in this freaking social structure, okay? So how about if I raise them in a way that um, they're going to be able to produce results, get success, and not get punched in the face for being a self-serving asshole? Perhaps. Right? And if you don't like this structure, then, you know, by all means, show me where I can, you know, where I should take them that um, they can do that. And the place isn't full of corruption and animosity and crime and 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 and. Okay? And on top of that, they're my kids. So. Pound sand. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. Right. So it's my responsibility. Anyway. So. Um, those parents are acting in the child's best be, best interest, right? My house has always had uh, a rule set. And if you violate the rule, there's a punishment to that to the degree that the rule, you know, kind of fits in, right? But if you violate it more than a couple of times, the punishment goes up. If you have a track, okay, why do I do that? Because that's the way the social structure is set up, okay? My house is a microcosm and has always been a microcosm for my children so that they will be able to assimilate into society, into the macrocosm, and not be confused because dad gave them 50 second chances or counted to 10 five times or said no, 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 and then gave it to them anyway, and then they go out into the world, and that's not the way it works. And then they're blaming everything and everybody else. No, not my job. My job is to make sure that they're prepared for moving out into the world. Right? Mom's job is to make sure they don't die when they're in the house or in the nest. My job is to make sure they don't get their teeth kicked in when they leave the nest. Right? So, uh, but anyway, what's the difference, right? And that's what it comes down to. What it comes down to is intent. What's the intent behind the anger? Right? The spoiled brat 
we already said, we already already described it, right? The self-centered person, the intent is what? Getting what I want. Screw you guys. The intent behind Vajra anger, that activity of those two teenagers had nothing to do with me. Or in many other instances, right? When I was a police officer, roll up on a scene, these people that are stabbing each other, beating each other, right? That person just raped this guy's kid or whatever. Other than being a member of the human race, <coughs> which I take personally, um, it's not my daughter that got raped. It's not my family members that are being stabbed. It's not, and yet I was willing to put my life on the line for these people. Right? And, you know, make sure that everybody's okay, even the bad guy. Right. I get it. Sometimes you got to put them down. However, right. Um, so at the moment, I'm only hinting at the roaring. Okay. So what I want to do next is I want to take a look at a couple of these symbols. Because remember, I said there's 113 symbols on Fulumio. I will not be going through 113 symbols today. Okay. Uh, I'm going to. D- primarily to be discussing three overt ones and then something kind of behind the scenes, right? That's there um, by implication. And, you know, who knows? We may hint at a couple of, a couple of other ones just because they kind of fit what I'm trying to convey. Um, But I'm going to, I'm going to stick to three. That's my goal, sticking to three. But before we do that, um, let's fire up James here. And um, James, who do we have on? Any questions so far? Comments, complaints? Um, screw you, Sensei. You know, whatever. Hey, look, it's you. We're both wearing black T-shirts. Because good guys wear black. <sighs> <laughs> hey, look, I have a boo on my boob. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, it was taking me seriously a second ago. Now think, oh, that was dumb. Yeah, well, my show, my jokes. <laughs> Dave Fletch says good evening. Hey, Dave. Carl's nice showing up again. Good evening. Some of you guys are getting to be freaking sticky boogers. Huh? What's up, at? Anyway, who else besides Dave Fletch? Dave and uh, Carl's on. Carl, wow, awesome. Carl, one of these days, you and I have either got to get together on at least a Zoom call or, uh, I don't know, fly halfway around the damn world to have a cup of coffee or something together. Because, like, I've known Carl for a decade and a half, give or take a year or two, and um, we've never met face-to-face. He must be as weird as I am because either that or he just shows up to see what the hell I'm going to say next. <laughs> All right. Who else is on? And Jimmy's on. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. I don't know if I've preempted it or not, but Jimmy always like, you know, post a high kind of post or well, probably not because you're reading. Them. So, well, I didn't preempt it. Shit. Please times I'm going to sign on and go, hey, Jimmy, beat you. 
Anyway, all right. So is that it? Any questions, comments? No? That's it for right now. That's it. Damn. All right. Well, I don't want to talk to you guys either. Going home. <laughs> Wait, I am home. Never mind. All right. So, okay. Uh, you might have to bring up this picture because I do not have a statue of Fudo in my office. I've got iconography, but I'm not getting on a ladder at the moment. Um, bring up that that uh, picture that I posted uh, or just do a quick Google image ser- uh, search for Fudo Mio. Fudo, F-U-D-O hyphen M. Like you, you can see it spelled M-Y-O, and it probably has a long bar across the O from Mio. Or if it's more correctly spelled using Romaji, so English letters, right? Uh, M-Y-U hyphen O-H. O-H means king, queen, ruler, uh, that kind of thing. <coughs> Sorry. Um, the Sanskrit is Achalanatha. So... Um, the three primary symbols that we typically look at, uh, in his right hand, he holds a Vajra sword. Sometimes the sword it has a different name. The names don't matter at the moment, right? I'll talk about the Vajra sword here in a minute. But there's a variant to that sword that you may have seen that has a uh, dragon coiling up the blade, and then it circles back, and it's biting the tip of the blade, Okay. In other symbols, like in that statue that I have, it doesn't have that. Um, but I do have a Vajra sword for my Mikyo practice. It's at the dojo. It's at the uh, my primary butsudan at the dojo. Um, it's actually from Tibet, and it has the, the handle. The sword goes up, and then it has this dragon that comes around and, and bites on the tip. Anyway, um, so there's that. In his left hand, he holds a... Uh, lasso uh, rope, right, that's coiled. Uh, it has uh, Vajra at the ends. Right? I think it has a hook on one end and a Vajra on the other. But the rope is uh, made of five colors. Okay. Um, yes, everything is symbolic. And then the flames. Okay. Again, there's a lot of them, right? His, his ha- uh, hair is tied in nine, or uh, sorry, seven top knots. There's a lotus uh, on the top of it. Uh, as fangs, one points up, one points down. Um, his eyes are squinting with one more closed than the other, almost like this suspicious, like, what are you doing kind of look. His brow are furrowed. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but the sword, the rope, and the flames uh, will suffice for now. Okay? So, again, in the iconography, right, um, like with statues, it's really difficult to depict the flames. Um, he's, he's described in the uh, Dainichi Kyo or the Mahavrochana Sutra, right? Uh, he's a raffle uh, representation of this Dainichi Nyorai, right? So the universe or the Tatsujin, right? Um, he is one of the Vijaraja or the light kings. And basically they compose what is typically known as the army by which you will storm the gates of enlightenment. How's that for a cool (laughs) translate, right? Um, Let me make that a little bit more mundane. That, what that is, is 
your character traits that have to do with things like commitment, not tolerating or accepting failure, um, resilience, right? The ability to weather storms and, and, uh, challenges and not quitting at the drop of a hat and those kind of things, right? It is, uh, again, it's known as a king, right? Or a ruler. And, uh, if you understand that kind of context, right? Um, they would like even in the even in you know Europe and whatnot, right? The king or queen or whatever, the ruler, the burgermeister, meister, burger, whatever, right? <laughs> um, recite or not recites, but dictates, right? A law or a rule or a ruling or something, right? And then there's a scribe, right? They're writing this stuff out, okay? But that's just ink on paper. I know it's rules and it's what the emperor or the ruler or whatever said, but it's not until this wax is dripped on it and this seal, right? It's either in the form of, you know, something that you hold in your hand or it's a ring. Uh, in um, Japan, we have these things called hanko, right? In China, they're called a chop, right? It's a signature block, okay? They don't sign their names as a signature. They've got these things that are registered with the government, that's it's unique to them, right? So there's this little stamping kind of thing, right? When that seal goes on, right, that is the that is the order, right? Now it's official. Now it is by decree. This is so, right? And there's similar uh, syllables at the end of a lot of mantra, right? Swaha. Those kind of things, right? That you make a statement and as the ruler of your own realm, this is so. This will be so. These kind of things, right? So it's it, it represents these things that most people would consider to be negative traits, right? You just told somebody to get the fuck out of your way. You've got more important shit to do than to pull it, put up with their stuff or to listen to their lame ass story. How rude could one person be? I don't have time for that drama. Right? I'm trying to accomplish something. I'm not sitting around at the water or standing around at the water cooler, wasting time and stealing money from the company because I don't feel like working right now. Right? And on the balls to clock out and go home because I don't feel like working. I'm getting shit done. Right? Um, so, see, a lot of this stuff is just going to, right? But what that does is, well, what does it do, right? It makes people who don't want to live like that, who don't like that, who don't like to be reminded, right, that they're stealing time and whatever, right? Um, it makes them not hang out with you. You know what that is? That's less impediments and limitations in my way. <laughs> it smooths the path, Okay. Um, it also makes people that decide that they want to stay on the team know that they better be producing the results that they're responsible for or their ass won't be on the team for very long. Okay. Well, you're not being very nice. Not about being nice. It's about accomplishing the mission. Okay. People need to understand the difference. Okay. Everybody wants to be nice. Okay. Well, it's not very compassionate. Ah, okay. Here's this word. It's the other elephant in the room. Okay, it's one of the other big lessons I got because I, like most people, 
translated compassion as this nice thing, right? Being compassionate. Compassion has nothing to do with being nice. Now, that's really confusing, isn't it? Because that's not what I was taught. It's not what I believe. Nobody cares what anybody believes. I mean, I do, as long as you're producing results with it. But compassion has to do with giving someone in need the help that they need to move forward. And sometimes that help is an ultimatum. Sometimes that help is a kick in the ass. Compassion could look like sympathy, empathy, whatever. But compassion has nothing to do with being nice. And I'll share a story because this is the same story that my teacher gave me when I had a hell of a time getting my head wrapped around it. He says, okay, let's let's say that you're the head of the department at the FAA, right? And if you live outside the U.S., that's okay. That's our Federal Aviation, uh, aviation uh, Administration, right? So um, you're, you're, you're head of a department, right? And you divvy out pilot's licenses. It's your job, okay? You need to make sure that people have their flight hours. They've done their ground school. They have all their prerequisites for the for the type of aircraft they're trying to get a license for, right? Single engine, du- double engine, uh, you know, jet, whatever, right? So that's your job. And you got this friend, okay? We'll call him Frank, right? <laughs> you got this friend, right? And Frank weasels up and goes, nudge, nudge. Hey, dude, how about slipping me a license? Okay? Well, you know. What you do with your, what you do for your friends, right? Huh? No, most people would not consider that me telling Frank to go pound sand. You nuts! No, go to ground school, do what the hell you're supposed to do, and I'll be more than happy to sign off on a license for you. But dude, I mean, well, I guess we're not really friends if you're not going to like you know hook me up. I guess not, because if you're assumption is that friendship gets you what you want regardless of whether you've worked for it uh, or worthy of it or whatever then friendship to you is a tool and so i'm going to say no because if i give you this damn license and you try to go flying you killing yourself and creating thousands tens of thousands or millions of dollars worth of damage is the least that's going to happen because it's quite possible you're going to take out a whole bunch of other people with you. So compassion is not limited to the single in-the-moment act. But it's a consideration of a bigger picture. Okay? has nothing to do with being nice. And notice when I said this, right? I didn't roar in the same context that a lot of people think of okay because some people roar just because just because okay uh, most of the people that are close to me um, know that if I roar it's to stop something from happening but the moment I stop if it's still continuing the moment I stop there's this little 
glint in my eye and there's this little smile, but I stopped talking. Okay. I mentioned that Fudomyo has one fang that points down, one that points up because they're centered between heaven and earth, descending energy and ascending energy. And the fangs have other, other things as well. But he, she is also, those of you who are on video can see me do this. Those of you who are on audio only cannot. I'm biting my lip. What is biting your lip the sim, the universal symbol of? Not talking. Okay. I'm holding, holding this in. Okay. I'm biting my lip, right? It's kind of like, uh, also there's another one that's in neurologist, uh, not neurologistic programming, uh, facial microexpressions. There's a universal sign of, I want to say something, but won't. Okay. But that's typically, well, it could be on either side. Somebody that, um, is about to roar or could roar, but is holding it in or somebody who just stuck their foot in their face and they know better and they decide to hold it. And it, for those of you on video, it looks like this, right? The lips turn in, press down on each other. And there's that, right? That's the sign of somebody who, right? So again, being able to read these kind of things, right? This is where this whole, the, the stuff behind the wrathful deity, remember, because Fudo is a wrathful manifestation of this fully enlightened concept, okay? Someone who gets it, okay? So if Fudo has to come out, compassion as nice or whatever you want to call it, right? Nice, sympathy, empathy, uh, negotiation, cajoling, whatever, all that shit's failed, right? And we need to stop this mess now. Okay, so, uh, but the flames, right, from an inner side, right, the flames are, uh, again, in the text, in the Mahavarochana Sutra, in the uh, the uh, Dainichi Kyo, um, are actually crackling off the skin. It's the internal fire. It's the drive, right? What the hell does that come from? That comes from somebody who is passionate about making something happen. Okay. Could be an artist, could be somebody who has a goal and damn it, I'm making this happen. It could be somebody who's under a deadline, whatever, but there's this internal vibrancy, right? It's like a nuclear stomach where you just, God, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. So it's the flames crackling off. So, um, and, they're not just like sizzling, right? So, but from the outside, right? So some of the texts describe that they're engulfed in flames, okay? Well, yeah, all of you's on. It's not just momentary, like, oh, good, let's do it now. Okay, well, I tired myself out. I'm good for another, you know, three months, and I'll, I'll work on my goal then again, okay? This is a, you know, I'm fucking aging here let's go i got shit to do before i'm not around to do anything anymore okay so um in fact I, I say that to the kids sometimes at the beginning of my classes we bow in we recite uh the student creed or the vows of intentions and then i tell the kids all right so uh when i say go 
right? Run over to your parents. What do you do? There's four things. What do you do? And they all recite it back, right? You, they get a hug. They get a kiss. You say, I love you. And you say, thank you for bringing me to class. So there's gratitude. There's love. There's, you get the idea, right? And then I'll say, go, right? And they'll run over and then they'll, they'll, they'll do it. And then a couple of them, there's this little chitter chatter, right? And they, they're taking the time coming back. And I look at them and I'm like, let's go today while I'm still young and beautiful. Let's go, right? An old guy in the room should not have more energy than a bunch of eight to 12 year olds. Right. So, and it's not because I, I, I want to get through class. Like I want to get class started. Right. I mean, there's so much shit in this martial art. I can't possibly convey it, but let's go. Right. We're wasting time. Okay. So that's, there's this flame. Okay. But the flame also, right. That passion is also what gets you through the shit times. It's what gets you through when right, all kinds of impediments pop up, challenges and whatnot, right? So if you look at that image, I don't know if you can see it so well in that in that picture that I popped. You know what? I can just pop it up here. Is it right here? Is it this one? We had weird problems when I brought it up earlier. No, it's not the right one. Where the hell is it, James? We just had it up earlier. Thanks. There it is. Okay. So there's Fudo, right? Okay. Yeah, this angle, you're not going to be able to see it so well. Um, but maybe you can, right? So, uh, if you can see the flames, right, are fanned, right? They don't go straight up, right? They go up and away at an angle. Okay. Can you see that? Okay. And they're also swirling around. See that? It almost looks like a serpentine kind of thing. Okay. So again, it's a statue, so you can see the rest of the uh the, the rest of the uh symbols and things like that, right? So this is like this little insert that goes into the base behind it and whatnot. So a lot of people see this as like a halo, but it's not, right? These flames are being whipped around, okay? And uh the five elements of the godai are actually on this character as well, right? So the fire is one of them, right? Earth, water, fire, wind, void. So, but wind, the wind element is present because the, the flames are being fanned. They're being moved around. Okay. By the winds of change, challenge, right? There's a storm raging. And Fudo is actually standing, or in some cases he's sitting on a really thick base, right? Like a throne or whatever. In this case, he's on a rock. It's almost like an island. Right. That isn't going anywhere. Right. Because he's weathering the storm and he's immovable. Fudo means immovable. Right. Not immovable like stubborn, but immovable like no matter what happens. This stuff's getting done. Okay, And if you can see the base that he's standing on, the water element, um, there are all these waves crashing against that rock. Okay, So there's earth, water, fire, wind. Right. And then the other symbols make up, uh, collectively make up the void, right? So anyway, <clears throat> but the flames, right, engulfed in this, this passion, right, this commitment, this inner fire is so hot, is so strong that it's not limited by the surface of his body. It is felt 
and recognized and cannot not be felt by anybody around him. If you've ever been that motivated or that hot because people were doing dumb shit, right, everybody in the room could feel it. But it's not – you're not keeping it inside. This is like everybody can tell, right? You're highly motivated. You're whatever, okay? But these flames also burn up anything that tries to get in the way, okay? So what about the other ones? Well, the other ones, right, the sword, um, you probably can't see it from here because the, uh, the text with my name and all that is, is kind of at the bottom. But if you get a chance again to look up one of these, uh, one of these images, uh, this is a Vajra sword. In the past, I have shown – can you take that back down again, James? In the past, I've shown uh, a Sanko. Now, I don't have a Sanko in my office. I don't think I do. No. Oh, I have a Goko. So these five-pronged um, uh, Vajra or Dorje. Some of you know them as Dorje. Uh, that's the, the Tibetan word. And, again, I apologize to those of you who are on uh, audio only. You can just kind of look it up, right? But if you do a search, do a search for a Sanko. Okay? It's a Japanese word, Sanko, right? It's a three-pointed Vajra. Now, it's going to look a little different from this one. Because this is Tibetan. The difference between Tibetan ones and Japanese ones is that the Tibetan ones, all the points merge and touch. The Japanese ones, the points do not touch. They all point at the same point in space. Okay. But I'm trying to hold this so that those of you on video can see that, right, there's five, five points to this. But the cool thing about a Goko is that if I hold it at a certain angle, it looks like a nine-pointed one. I've got those as well. Um, but if I hold it just right, it looks like it only has three points. Okay. So the bottom part here that's sticking out from under Fudo's hand, right, you'll notice as a Sanko. Okay. And the top, there are these two points here that come around like the hand guard, right, like the Tsuba, right. And then the center spire is what turns into the blade. Okay. The Sanko is the symbolic, there's the symbol for the Sanmitsu, the triple secrets, okay? thought, word, and deed, channeling thought, word, and deed to accomplish things, right? It's the Sanko is the symbol of success, the three-pointed Vajra, okay? So, but the, the sword itself is the sword that cuts in all directions, okay? So it's not limited to... You know, like, like a katana, right? There's only an edge on one side. But at the same time, even though it looks like a double-edged sword, it actually is more like, uh, I don't know, would be a good modern reference, uh, like a lightsaber, right? There is no edge. If you touch something with it, it falls off or cooks kind of thing, right? So, <clears throat> but the sword represents intellect, okay? The sword, its job is to cut through illusions. It's to cut through the veil of bullshit that people try to convince you is out there in front of you. Limitations, rules, spoken or implied, whatever. Okay, It is to cut through the impediments of the external world that keep you from your goal. Okay, um, Again, illusions, those kind of things, right? So, but that, again, that's intellect, right? People come at you with bullshit and stuff like that. 
<clears throat> still not roaring, right? But my actions or my look or whatever, um, it could be, it could be passive. It could be quiet. It could be, uh, I ask a simple question that pisses somebody off because they're trying to ignore that, that part. But I could also roar. Okay. So the flame is the fuel behind the roaring, right? But when do I do this? Again, I'm trying to act based on Vajra anger, wisdom anger. I'm trying not to be angry at all, right? But when all else fails, when niceness doesn't work, right? When logic or not logic, but um, trying to be rational with somebody or trying to negotiate or whatever, when that kind of stuff doesn't work, right? Um, I'm not, I'm not laying down. I'm not putting my dreams on hold because somebody else is afraid. Right? I can make them feel as comfortable as possible. And I can make them feel as safe as possible. But I will not allow them to be an anchor. See how mean that sounds? Because we've been convinced that you do whatever to make somebody happy. Some of us have decided that we don't do that, but there's another implement that he holds um, that's very similar to the mirror. Okay. Because at some point, those people have to face the fact that they're ego, they're egocentric. Okay. They're, you know, it's all about them. Okay. So there's a balance here. Okay. Which is why I'm very selective with who I allow into my world, including my wife. And we've been together 16 years. She's weathered more than anybody else. Okay. Um, but I was very clear in the beginning because that life, um, uh, life purpose discovery program that we have out there. Okay. That is a condensed version of the work I've done to find me. Okay. And to live to a certain live to a certain code or, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. So, uh, she and I didn't get together because I need to fill a void. We didn't get together because somebody's better than nobody at all. We didn't together, get together because she loved me and oh, wasn't that cool. And you know, well, you gotta have somebody. Okay. Um, It, it kind of threw her off, but she went through a vetting process. And I told her that I should be going through a vetting process. Because right? this is going to be a long-term relationship, just like teacher-student relationships. Right? That's why I don't just sign somebody up because they want to be a student. Right? Not looking for disciples. Right? But if you think I can help, we can have a discussion about what your goals are and what I expect. And see if this is a good fit. Because it always sounds like a good fit until somebody gets held accountable for something. Right? Um, <clears throat> anyway, so the sword, again, is is used. It, it's a form of roaring, right? But it's used, it's the intellect, right? Um, using logic and rationale to... Make things happen, right? Because it's about clarity. 
And then on the left hand, there's this lasso, right? There's that sometimes called lasso. It's, to me, it's just a coiled rope um, that has the hook and the vajra, whatever, right? But remember I said it was um, it was made of five colors. So um, <clears throat> during the process where I was working with Reverend Jikai uh, through my Mikio studies, and I needed to come home and, and create my own uh, Butsudan, on the on the part of the active meditation stage, so to speak, right? There's a gateway. <clears throat> it's the only way that you reach into it, or you can reach under this rope that goes around it, right? To get things, you never reach over it, okay? Or around this this gateway. Um, but there's a rope that goes from the sides of the gate out around the three other sides and comes around to just the front part that it again it meets the gate mine goes up and around the gate this way but um if you look at the taizukai mandala those of you who have a picture of it or have a uh, a, a full-on you know poster print or something like that i want you to look at the center of the of the taizukai mandala okay so you see the eight petaled lotus the red lotus and the nine characters but go out to the border, the thing that's making the square. Look at the square. The square is comprised of five squares. Each is a different color. It's the boundary. So the active meditation, the ritual space, is the center of the Taizukai mandala. Okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Where the hell is it going to find one of these things? Right. I mean, I could have ordered it from Japan, but implements in Japan are really freaking expensive. And let's just say that at that point in my life, um, I was not all that wealthy, but I did know how to braid rope. So I bought five colors of uh, it wasn't yarn, it's like cord. Okay, And I attached these things to, a, I think, a doorknob because I think I was stationed in what was then West Germany. And backed away, and it took me quite a while to to. And it was a counter twisting kind of thing, like rope is made because it looks it looks twisted. It looks like I made it with a machine. Okay, um, but basically, I use the same technique that we teach people how to make rope out of grass. Um, we do wilderness survival stuff. So um, anyway, I, I made my own. So these five colors, right? What the, what the hell's up with the five colors? Right? Each color represents one of the five Buddha families. Okay. One of the five uh, realms on the Kongokai mandala. Okay, earth, water, fire, wind, and void. Each one. One is uh, value, motivation, leadership, that kind of thing, right? That kind of uh, I stand for something. That realm. Another one uh, uh, represents the uh, the student, the scientist, the researcher, the seeker of that which can be known. Right. There's that realm. Another one represents the realm of light and life, the uh, uh, artistic expression uh, or just expression, right? Um, you know, uh, good communication, so you're not vague, uh, but also um, uh, the discerning mind, right? The mind that knows what is good and right and appropriate for the moment, regardless of whether it feels good or bad, because the lower mind, the unenlightened mind, is attracted by the pleasant and repelled by the by the unpleasant it doesn't consider 
that something that's unpleasant, right? Like working out or like, um, you know, getting punched every once in a while in training, okay? Is, is good, okay? One, it teaches you that you can take more than you thought you could. Two, it points out your mistakes that you won't make again because you got, you paid for it, right? Um, and <clears throat> there's lots of other things that go along with this, right? Um, or that all things that feel good, right, are good for you. Well, that we know that's not true. Okay? Um, so there's this discerning mind, the um, green or black, right? And I think on the on the that mandala, it's black, right? Uh, represents the wind, the wind realm. Right. So that's the realm of self-sacrifice, the realm of all accomplishing action, the realm of skillful means, the realm realm of being able to take what I know and fashion it in a different form that's appropriate for the moment. For instance, I have all this stuff on the self-defense, you know, that kind of realm. Right. Um, I can present it to a class who wants to learn it historically. I can present it to a general self-defense class, or I can package it separately for nurses on a trauma or on a, an emergency uh, ER, yeah, emergency room kind of setting um, that are under heavy liability. And right, I I can fashion it so that it's appropriate for those groups. And I'm not trying to teach the nurses how to speak Japanese and use Japanese terminology and move like a samurai warrior. You get the idea, right? So it gets it gets shifted, right? And then there's a white cord that goes through that represents the void realm, which is the ability to think, communicate, um, uh, connect with truth, um, and it actually represents all the other ones together, right? So there's a whole shit ton of stuff going on with this with this character, right? There there's discernment, there's knowledge, there's you get right. So what we end up with, well, let's, before we even get to that, right? The rope itself is for inner work. Okay. My own inner defilements, right? Five anger management issues. Well, I need to get the demons under control. So I stop damaging people because I'm easily pissed off, right? If I have a problem with ignorance, right? I don't know how something works, but I'm just going to guess and throw out a whole bunch of shit. And then when people don't do it my way, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. Let me tell you a story. Just went on a vacation. And um, took my grandson, four-year-old, right? We only did a three-day cruise because <laughs> I wasn't sure how little man was going to handle a ship. And we flew, right? So airplanes and all that kind of stuff. And I was willing to uh, dedicate myself to five or six days. But no more, just in case. Okay. So it was not just a test for him. It was also what I think I was able to handle. But there were a few other family members that went along. And while my wife tried to play interference or run interference quite a bit, um, I did the Fudo biting my lip quite a bit. Because if I was going to open my mouth, um, I'm going to run the risk of ruining the vacation for everybody. But we had somebody that had diarrhea of the mouth and either uh, uh, on the Tibetan Wheel of Life, there's a realm that's the um, the battling titans. This one's definitely a battling titan. 
Well, they run between the animal realm and the battling titan. So in the battling titan realm, this is somebody who wants success. They want to have what the gods have, right? Um, but they're just not willing. They're always missing something. Okay. Now, the, on the opposite side of the mandala, the opposite side of the wheel of life, there's the hungry ghost realm. The hungry ghost wants success too, but they just can't do it of their own accord. Okay. They've got really narrow necks and tiny mouths and big bloated, you know, starvation gullets and, and uh, bellies and, and things like that. Right. So they want these things, but they, they can't get it of their own accord. So this person that went along, vacillated between these two things because they were on a free ride. But the entire time, nobody did anything to their liking. There was no gratitude. There was, I want what I want, and I'm going to yell and scream and throw a goddamn fit. They did it in security. We were just getting started. (laughs) Oh, by the way, my four-year-old grandson... Um, did great on four airplanes, um, a airport, uh, train shuttle ride, you know, the monorails, whatever they are, right? Uh, taxis, the ship, and did a freaking fantastic job. If I were a different person, a 20 year old would have gone over the railing. Okay. However, whether a whole bunch of ideology and whatever, you know, a long list of agendas for the world needing to be changed, right? So I can skate and everyone can just be a tool for me and not be an impediment to me, right? And uh, at one point, they snapped at their brother and they crossed the line. And I'd been silent. I gave him sideways glances every once in a while. You know, that little Fudo thing with the eye and the furrowed brow and the biting of my lip. And... Yeah, well... The moment came. And I'm not going to use the same tone, but let's just say I'm sure that more than a few people looked in my direction. But I couldn't see through the flames. I mean, I could see them. They were inside there with me. And I said, we've tolerated this for days. I've had enough. You say, you do, whatever. You don't care who you hurt, anything. Again, my tone was very different. And I said, but when somebody says something, and this actually all happened because they had made a comment that people laughed at, and and their brother was sharing this story with me. And, of course, ego, you know, they they have this know-it-all ego kind of thing, but it also can't be questioned, right? And, you know, have you ever – have you ever – done something or said something and everybody laughed and then you caught on and went, Oh shit. Right. I'd have laughed at me too. Kind of thing. Right. Well, that's, it was one of these incidents. Right. But they blew it way out of proportion. They started throwing racism and all kinds of shit. in anyway, they crossed a line and I said, you know, you do all these things, you give no thought to anything. All you care about is getting your own way. But if somebody says something about you or in your direction, even as a joke, you turn into a monster. And I've had enough. And again, my voice wasn't like this. 
and after they broke from their frozen little incident, they got up and walked away. And my demeanor changed. I smiled. I said, bye. And I looked at their brother and I said, I apologize for that. You didn't need to be involved with that. And then he shared all the stuff he had been dealing with and all that. And I turned into a counselor. But I certainly wasn't treating him that way. When my wife finally, you know, she she was not feeling well through the entire cruise. I really felt bad for her. Um, but she joined us for lunch and wanted to know where the other one was and kind of shared a little bit or whatever. Um, I apologized to her. I'm the reason they're not sitting here. Well, actually, they're the reason they're not sitting here. But, um, you know, they attacked their brother. I wasn't putting up with it. I had had enough. The wrong straw was pulled. Right. But I was not yelling and barking at everybody in my realm because I was pissed off at this person. And now I'm carrying it on to everybody else. Do you see how that works? Okay. So anyway, um, but that rope, right, is everything from meditation to personal reflection to working on eliminating habits, um, recognizing your own personal defilements and impediments, whether it's where ignorance exists, I need to add knowledge. Where anger management exists, I need to rope that kind of stuff in and ground myself, right? I need to uh, apply things like self-sacrifice where I'm going to get involved with things and I'm going to do them because it's for the benefit of everybody else, regardless of whether I like it, um, because it's about them at this moment. It's kind of like my four-year-old, right? Um, in all honesty, if I have to sit down and watch a goddamn, another goddamn Thomas the Tank Engine show that's the exact same one that we've watched 500 times and he's only four um i would say i'm going to scream but i'm not i'm going to sit there and he's going to tell me about it and he's going to act like he's never told me before and i'm going to sit there and respond to him like okay because it's not about thomas the tank engine it's not about me it's about him okay and later on in life when he thinks back about grandpa He's not going to remember that it was a Thomas Death Hank Engine TV show or how he acted when he was four or whatever. What's he going to remember? Grandpa was there. I used to hang out with Grandpa. Okay. It's that kind of thing. Right? So that helps to, to rein in ego that it's all about me and things like that because I'm not, it's, it's you know, so sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Right. So this rope. Right. Make sure that I am clear on my values, where my lines are, those kind of things. Right. To make sure that I've got this anger thing under control, that it's not going to be a self-serving kind of thing. As a matter of fact, at this point in my life, you can say and do just about anything in my direction. But. If that thing that's coming at me is going to harm the school, my students, my friends, or my family and my ability to take care of them, you can think it's about me all you want, but it's not. Okay. So, but there's this clarity, right? And that's what the rope is, right? The rope is there to bind up your own demons and cast them aside or to at least bind them up and gag the motherfuckers so that they don't get out of control. Right. They're not doing dumb shit and causing damage in the world. Okay. 
So while we could really dive into a bunch of these other ones, right, what are we really looking at when it comes to when, right, based on this whole Fudomyo wrathful, you know, this wrathful manifestation of enlightenment, right? When do we roar? Right? Well, I came at it from a whole bunch of different directions. Right? I can't tell you when to roar because I don't know what's important to you. Right? But I can tell you that the more it's about you, the more you're likely to roar and then stop roaring when you get what you want. When it's about somebody else, the roaring is protective and it stops bullshit And it's no different than when I would use an Ichimonji no Kamai, when I would use a sword, when I would hit somebody with a Shuto. No different. But again, we're walking that sword's edge. We are trying to do no harm. We're trying to walk a spiritual path. But at the same time, swords at the ready. That was one of the analogies that I was given a long time ago. To be on the warrior path is to walk the sword's edge. Where you are able to step off on either side. Peace or bloodshed. Equally. But that's the reason it's called a sword's edge. Is because it's quite the balancing act. It's not just because it's a fine line. Well, there's a fine line between peace and... No, there isn't. That's that's like that's like parents who won't do the hard job of parenting, right? Telling somebody, well, you can't discipline your kids because you'll get in trouble for, for child abuse and stuff. You know, there's a fine line. There's no fucking fine line. It's a chasm. That's a cop-out used by people who aren't willing to do the hard thing and tell their kids no. Right? And that's just not my take on it. That's just about every judge in our frickin' area and uh, children and youth and whatnot. And the only ones that have a different opinion have never had kids. Okay, And it's it's really, really easy to have an opinion about something. And that's what it is. Okay, Less functional than an asshole, by the way. Really easy to have an opinion about something. That always works. Well, at least up here, always works in your freaking head, right? When you're not there. It's kind of like wisdom. It's easy to be wise when you're not in the thick of things. Remember what I said about Fudo? Standing on a rock, being battered by waves, right? What would dampen your freaking passion? What would dampen your flames? For those of you who went through the Sanji Shichidobon program, we talked about this passion and desire. And how your results and the results that you produce are in direct relationship to the the heat of that desire to make it happen. We're not talking about trishna, misdirected desire that causes suffering. We're talking about your passion and and direction and commitment to make something happen, right? So if you got this, you know, heated, you got this has got to happen, right? You're going to produce way better results than somebody who has, meh. That'd be nice. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe you don't need it. Yeah. So 
but the flames are fanned, right? Those flames are swirling behind him, right? Because the winds are that strong. Shit, anybody can be enlightened when things are perfectly fine. Okay? Fudo, immovable. Firm. Standing. Resolute. This shall be so, no matter what. Okay? So when does Fudo roar? Well, the shit's in the fan. Okay. Anyway, questions, comments. James, do you have anything to throw on top of this? You've been working on this stuff for a while. Of course, you're already very Fudo-like anyway. Well, it's quiet. <laughs> Don't cough because I was coughing, copycat. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the only thing that's come in is Dave Fletch said being compassionate can be a coup de grace, not always nice. Well, yeah, okay. Um, I've heard from people who say that, you know, you try to be nice, you get kicked in the teeth. What was missing? Discernment. Was nice the right answer in that moment? Okay. You ever hear the phrase 2020 hindsight? Okay. Enlightenment is 2020 now sight. Okay. We have lots of exercises for the 2020 hindsight kind of thing, right? Where you feel remorse or whatever about, God, I wish I. If I could go back, I, I would have, should have, could have done this other thing, and that would have turned out differently in that negativity or that argument or that sadness or whatever that I contributed to or caused or whatever wouldn't have happened. And Yeah, okay. So we can use 2020 hindsight to do an active meditation. There's a visualization thing that goes with it and all that. Anybody's interested, you know, we can talk about it. Um, as a matter of fact, after we finish the – First seven steps program, we're going to jump into um, probably the Sanji Shichi Dobon program, um, or I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of kicking two around at the moment, either the Goshimbo, which is psychological self-protection, or the uh, Sanji Shichi Dobon program. I'm kind of leaning in that direction, but anyway, I actually tried firing it up a bunch of years ago, and I didn't get anybody past like the fifth level of 13 Um Part of it was because I wasn't getting a whole lot of feedback and other parts because life got in the way and then it got in the way for way too long. So I feel that I owe those people that I kind of shortchanged uh, on that one. So I do, I do need to finish that one. But the format's going to be different this time around anyway. Um, but for those who want to get involved in that, um, anyway, you know, we can go into that much more deeply. But they definitely have to, uh, whether they go through the first seven steps or not, they're going to have to pass a heavy loaded fucking quiz um, on the topics that are covered in that program or they're not getting Nico from me because it's too easy to misunderstand that stuff and turn it into something that's just going to delude people even more. And that would be a hard, hard, fast. No, right. We might hear somebody roar <laughs> anyway. So uh, that was it. Just, just Dave. That was it. Way to go, Dave. Either that or, I don't know, I crack skulls, 
the droning of my voice put people to sleep. Listen to the sound of my voice. <laughs> anyway, no, it's all good. Um, that being said, right, we just had our second class in the first uh, seven steps. So if this is something that you're interested in, um, there's still time to jump into it, right? I mean, we're, uh, we just did the introduction. What is a Buddha? That kind of thing. Um, now that was a three hour class. Um, so if you're thinking you're just getting, when I say this is the 30,000 foot view, it is. Um, but so far class one has been three hours and class two was almost four hours. Now I fault people ask questions. Um, and that, that just got us through like, what is a Buddha? The three different, uh, schools or paths, uh, collectively, if you're focusing on the Vajrayana or the Mikyo path, um, first, third, second, third, you know, that kind of thing, right? Uh, just basic startup kind of things. Excuse me. And then the last class we covered, um, the Four Noble Truths. Uh, next class, we dive into the Noble Eightfold Path much more deeply, but we're going to look at it. Not We're going to uh, go through it, but then we're going to look at it from the perspective of um, the Hinayana, which is the way it's originally presented. Some extra little lessons as to the way the Mahayana looks at it, and then also uh, how that ties in and... Uh, is um, related to the Sanmitsu uh, of the Vajrayana or the Mikyo. So this is not, this is not, uh, uh, the, the, the program was built as a prerequisite for people who wanted to do Mikyo. So it's not a rehashing of things that uh, people can just find for free uh, on the internet. Yeah. And by all means, you can do those kind of courses. There's plenty of free ones out there. There's all that kind of stuff, but, uh, there's in this program, there's a teaching core. There's a, uh, uh, coaching core, right? As a matter of fact, I've got to get the emails out to everybody so we can schedule our one, one-on-one, uh, uh, personal coaching calls. And then there is an accountability core. And what that means is, um, they have weekly assignments. Okay. This is not a sit and listen. And oh, isn't that interesting? And then let life sweep in and basically wash you off the damn rock that you're trying to be firm on. Okay. So anyway, there's that. And what else was I? Oh, the, I, I mentioned earlier the, the life purpose discovery program, um, process, right? It's a, it's actually a seven exercise process, but exercises one and two have two parts to them. So five worksheets and whatnot, but uh, there's an audio program that takes you through it. And James, you've done that one, right? Yes. Yeah. Provides a little bit of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> how'd you like the, how'd you like exercise four where you get to write your own eulogy? What you want people to say about you after it's way too late for you to change their mind. That's quite the punch to the throat, isn't it? Yeah, I give you an out, right? I give you an alternate exercise you can do, right? So, just in case you know, ego doesn't want to think about its non-existence or mm. anyway. 
So, uh, cool beans, right? So if you're interested in any of those things, you can shoot us an email and we'll get the links to you or just go over to online ninja academy.com. Um, that it's a, it's a graphical interface. So you don't have to read very much. You just <laughs> click through, right? Uh, and we are working on a couple of those things. So if you hit something where it, it's not, uh, working right or whatever, um, it's probably because James is working on something in the background. So you can just send us an email and, He'll get an alternate link to you or something like that, and we'll, we'll go with it. All right. Uh, also, October 13th to the 15th, we have our fall camp coming up. Right? And uh, the theme was supposed to be a Japan recap, but um, all I told people up to this point was that um, I couldn't make it happen this time. I couldn't justify things. Um, I can go ahead and mention it now because it may interfere with a kuden or something like that. Or for those of you guys who are on, um, in the virtual training, uh, I let the people know that we're in the foundations of Ninja self-defense, our module one program. Um, they were in on their Monday Q and a thing. Uh, my mother-in-law has been, um, uh, it, it was, it, she noticed it way, way later. Uh, she's been battling with a very, very, very rare form of cancer. And when I say very rare, I mean so few people get it that they don't even have a treatment protocol for it. It's that rare. But it's already fat, it's very fast moving and aggressive. And um, after they've run all the tests and uh, yeah, it's, it's only been a couple of months since it was first detected. Um, she's it's now in her stomach and lungs and she only has a couple of weeks. So <clears throat> um, I. I had to change. I, I changed camp. Uh, so instead of going to Japan, right, I uh, set things up so that uh, uh, we'll just we'll just just change the theme. Right. So the theme this year is blades, canes and chains. Right. Um, but as usual, yes, we'll be working with a lot of weapons and things, but we're also going to be taking a look uh, at the uh, the life mastery side of things. Right. Because the sword right, um, is uh, symbolic, right, across cultures of very specific things and not just warrior, not just warriorship, okay? Uh, same thing with chains and ropes to bind things and uh, stuff like that. So we're, we're going to take a look at some of those things as well. Uh, we have a couple of uh, uh, my senior-level black belts, Shidoshi, one's a fifth on, one's a sixth on, and I may have somebody else doing something else. Um but they're doing breakout sessions and um, I don't know if I put them up. If you go to online ninjaacademy.com forward slash events, it should be the first one that pops up. And I may have at least Shidoshi Golem's uh, topic in there. And if not, we'll have, we'll have it up in the next couple of days. James, try to keep my feet to the fire on that so I can, and I'm still waiting for Shidoshi Whistler's. And I've got somebody else doing something, um, at least one other person. So uh, it's not just me teaching this stuff. I've got some other folks uh, that do things as well. Um, but I think that's it. So uh, but check that out. We'd love to have you. There's uh, live options and virtual options uh, for those who um, are still, I don't know, self-quarantining and can't get out of their own town, um, whatever. Uh, and I've already had a couple of people ask me about uh licensing our program and becoming representatives in their area. So uh, we may be doing a tweak to the 
uh, advanced instructor training program or AITP program, um, which we'll probably be running again uh, sometime in the near future. But we do have we do have the program up in a recorded version. It, it hasn't been redone, but anyway. So that's it. Any other questions or comments while I was just rambling there? Two came in from over on YouTube. One is from Into. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, I'm listening in. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. And a question came in from Bain. Off topic, is there any physical conditioning you recommend to prepare your body for self-defense? What condition is your body in? I, I mean, I always suggest that people just get into training. Um, moving around, uh, people often ask me, you know, what kind of leg strengthening exercises to make their footwork and their kamai stronger and all that kind of stuff. And I just say, what do I say, James? Do the kamai and the footwork more often, right? right? Whatever level you're at, drop, six, drop four inches, okay? Um, correct posture. Lots of stretching and flexibility, right? Um, hmm. Maybe I should formulate this because I, I don't have it as an actual program, but this, this question gets asked often, and I just covered this. Uh, James was there um, helping me out on the tech side for that uh, presentation I did on power at the uh, university last week. And one of the things that I gave the uh, attendees was a Godai-based uh, power generation or power maintenance uh, process or outline, right, based on the Godai, Earth, Water, Fire, Wind, Void. Um, and I, mean, I can just throw it out here quickly, but it's, it's, it would something, be something if I, if I did it as a full program, it would be rounded out a whole lot better. But the whole premise behind it is that, uh, just like in the movie The Matrix, right, you're a battery. Right. Uh, your body produces energy, but every time you do something, it expends energy. The question from a ninja standpoint is how long can you go? Right. You know, like the Energizer Bunny. Right. We make we, we laugh about that kind of stuff. But people often ask me, how the hell do you function on an average of four to five hours of sleep a night? Sometimes less, rarely more. And just keep doing all the shit you're doing. Okay? And you're a fat guy. And you're old. Okay? How do you do that? Earth is diet. But before you start thinking about the food intake, okay, it's not diet like I can want a diet to go get off a diet. Okay? It's managing mineral and nutrient intake because you have to think on the cellular level, not just on the muscle level or the the O2 capacity of your lungs or whatever, right? Because your body is only as strong or powerful as the weakest cells. Okay? So your cells need magnesium and calcium and potassium and all kinds of things, right? So um, diet is, are you getting these things? And if not, are you supplementing to make sure you stay in good ranges so the electrical impulses and the chemical processes that your body needs to do to do what you need to do to be where you want to be, that it's, it's working that way. 
Okay? So earth, water, fire, wind, void. Earth is diet. Water is water. You're 70 to 80% water, your cells. Okay? Are you? Okay? And it's not about just like stay hydrated because a lot of people are overhydrating. Um, and a lot of people are not hydrating kind of in the right ways. Okay? Uh, but fluid intake. Okay? Also fluid outtake. Okay? So let's say, how do I know if I'm properly hydrated? Okay? Your urine is clear or almost clear. The darker it is, the less you are. And most headaches come because you're dehydrated. Stop popping pills and make the pain go away and listen to your body and start by adding fluids or whatever. And if that doesn't do it, then pay attention to your health. Oh, because I've had a headache for the last week and a half. It wasn't started by the 20-year-old. Okay. <laughs> um, it's not hydration. It's uh, I have a sinus uh, problem going on. Okay. Uh, fire is metabolism, so it's exercise. Okay. But not just muscle exercise. Okay. Stretching, five gates, neck, shoulders, both hips, flexing the spine. There should be spinal flexion uh, exercises, uh, all those kind of things, because... If the gates are tight, then the blood's not flowing properly in both directions. The nerve impulses are not um, going where they're supposed to be going or the direction they're supposed to be going, uh, all that, right? Uh, wind is respiration, right? Getting more oxygen in, okay? Just make sure that when you increase your oxygen intake, you also make sure you're exhaling properly because if you don't, that's called hyperventilation, and then we'll see you after your nap, okay? Unless you killed yourself because you banged your head off something and you fell down. Right? And then um, void is meditation, right? keeping a clear mind, keeping yourself in a in a in a healthy psychological state, right? Avoiding um, I'm going to say negative stress because most people just hear stress and then they get you know wig out. Right? Those of us who are highly motivated and have projects and goals and things like that that we're producing, lots of stress, but not all of it's negative. Okay. Stress is resistance applied to the body because you're in motion and problems to be solved and things like that. So you got to keep yourself level headed. Okay. A relaxed mind, relaxed body. Relaxed body leads to a relaxed mind. Okay. Energy, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So anyway, that's just the short of it. Right. But I don't, I'm sure that didn't help enough, but I don't have enough information to, to throw at you to give you specifics. Okay? So my suggestion is, you, and this is for everybody, because this is one of those, those things that I keep hearing from people. Like, I got to get into shape before I can start. I got to condition myself so I can do it. No, you start doing it, and then you will find out where you're weak and have to strengthen yourself. You will find where you're tight and inflexible and have to add flexibility exercise. You will find where you get winded and have to work on that aspect, right? People have it all backwards, right? I have to do this before I get started, okay? And this is not for the person who asked the question. This is a general statement. If you had something before the physical conditioning that was the thing that you needed to solve before you could start, and then you solved it, but then you came up with another question about how do I fix this before I get started? What will be the next thing? Okay. 
just make sure it's not a procrastination tool. Okay. Ego comes up with all kinds of tricky ways to do things. Okay. Uh, we covered this. We covered this in a Kuden a while back, and this was also in the Sanjashich Dobon, right? The foundations of, um, it's the foundations of, no, it wasn't the foundations of mindfulness. It was the, it's like the four pillars of, uh, success or something, four factors of success or something like that, right? Where most people, uh, we covered how it can be done thought, word, and deed as a proactive thing once you get it. But, um, uh, we let it, which I can't remember which episode that was. It was somewhere around 170 or something like that, right? It wasn't, it wasn't too, too long ago. Uh, hold on a second. Maybe I have it in some notes here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe can reverse engineer this one because this is out of the Sanju Shichi Hold on. Uh, Four bases of transcendent intention. So it was the um, how to practice properly or something like that was the way, I think the way we titled it. Um, but most people, uh, they have an interest in something. They want to learn as much about it as possible and get everything set up, right? And then they want to do the work. And then there's this investigation and study and stuff like that, right? Um, well, they skip right over that part, right? But the interest, well, it has to stay long enough, Sensei, because I have a tendency to quit things. Well, when, when do you want to stop that? Okay. Um, and then they try to gather all this stuff, right? I, I need to know everything about it before I start. Really? No matter what you come up with, you're not going to know enough about it. Right? You're going to be wrong about most of it. Well, how will I know what that is, right? Okay, good. You go from interest to jumping into a damn class. And class will tell you what you need to know. And then the more you learn, the more you know, that's good. And the, and the more things that, that pop up, right? Some of the things that you're going to know are things that you now know exist, but you don't know anything about it. And that's going to lead to investigation and study and, and whatnot. And hopefully it'll feed back and, and increase the, the interest and all that. I mean, there's not just me, but guys like Carl and a bunch of people, that have been around uh, James and whatnot that, you know, we've been doing this shit for a long time. Maybe not just needed to or whatnot, but the more we learn, the more we, it just becomes like a, wow, holy crap. Right. And it just, I'm, now I'm interested in that. Now I want to learn that. And uh, I, and in past episodes, we've talked about um, like skill sets that I ended up having to develop that, Part of it was it just they needed to like shit. I didn't even know I was going to have to learn that stuff or know anything about that. I mean, it led to me learning neurolinguistic programming and facial microexpressions and and all kinds of things to be able to read somebody, um, understanding the psychological warfare aspects that can be used every day by understanding people's needs or desires, the different words, right, um, or their weaknesses, right. They can all be categorized by the by the Godai, right, and just God, I've got. To, die five times over before I ever approach learning quote unquote everything. Right. But um, for anybody that's, that's thinking that they've got to get in shape or they've got to condition themselves before they can do it. No, that's backwards. And if you're actually engaged in things and you want to know what you can do to condition yourself, then my suggestion is, is that you either need to start thinking about, what kind of situations you want to be able to survive 
that'll give you a place to start. Or ramp up your training a little bit with resistance, and you'll know where you're weak or inflexible or the stamina shot or whatever. Okay, because if this old, this old guy can go. Okay, but again, um, hopefully you're not using the word self-defense to just mask the word fighting because they're not the same. Okay? If you're getting into competitive fights and whatnot, where you have to go multiple two or multiple five-minute rounds, that's not the same. Okay, the average self-defense situation is over in two to ten seconds. Okay, most um, most. When I say most, I mean like 90, 95 percent of active shooter situations are over in less than ten minutes, and most of that is not active combat. Okay. So it's it's not the same realm, okay. and the way a fighter would have to condition themselves is not the same as the way somebody who is looking to defend themselves. So that's all I got for that. What else? Uh, <clears throat> he said, very informative. Thanks. You're welcome. And Moke Oniyuru said, thank you as well. You're welcome. Is that it? That is it. All right. Well, here we are. Almost at the two hour mark again. God, you guys got to get a life because you're just sitting around listening to me. Anyway, I hope I'm hope I'm providing value. Um, you know, I you know try to make sure I'm providing value. Um, but if there's something else you want to do, if uh, uh, just I've just scheduled a couple more appointments this week, uh, we've got an opening for uh, what another five people um, starting things now. So uh, if you want to schedule a call request to discuss your training, uh, no, no pressure or anything like that, right? Tell me what you're doing, where you want to go, uh, whatever. I can, I'll give you some suggestions uh, for next steps. And if you're interested, we can talk about the program or programs. Uh, and if not, no harm, no foul. Um, but, but, big but, don't waste my time by contacting me, telling me that you want to train, but also telling me all the things that are in the way and how I'm going to have to do five times more work than I do for the average student. And you want it all for free. That's not going to go well. Okay. So you want free? Go to YouTube or find somebody who needs students to validate their existence. You want help, you want direction, you want to kick in the ass every once in a while when you need it, and don't contact me because you need somebody to motivate you. I'm not a motivator. You get down on yourself, well, there's no point. I'm going to go, yeah, you're right. Because whatever you believe to be true, if for nobody else, it's true for you. Okay? We're here to be warriors, not pussies who want to be. And that's how I'm going to end this one. It's a mini war. All right. That's it. I'll talk to everybody in next time. Be safe. Train hard. Enjoy your what? Oh, enjoy your week unless you're listening to a recording. <laughs> Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.